Hi, and welcome to the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian. All rise. And with me, as always, is... Please be seated. Um... The Honorable Judge Bebop Robomogo Wanatron is presiding. Bebop? You may address me as Your Honor. Why would I do that? Because you are now standing trial, and I am your judge. Trial? Wait, what crimes am I being charged with? Not putting out a Finn Caspian episode in too long. That's not a crime. Okay, well, then, what is a crime? Theft. Theft? What? Theft of Finn Caspian episodes. Okay, you know what? I don't think that's legal. This is not a real trial. Objection. You can't object- Overruled. Wait, can I just do an episode, and then I can avoid the charges of stealing Finn Caspian episodes, because I'm putting them out? Hmm. I'll allow it. I call for a 20-minute recess. Court is adjourned. Phew. Okay. Now that I'm a free man, let's get back to it, shall we? If you remember what happened at the end of Season 6, Juliana Bunce had saved Finn by sending him back to the present time. But she was captured by the Marlowe's rivals, the Shakespeare 820. And when we left off, Finn and Elias had just returned to the Marlowe, so we'll now hear the end of the last episode, and then take off from there in the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian, Season 7, Episode 1, The Green Machine. Mom, said Finn. I know, said Captain Caspian. A rush of memories just suddenly appeared in my head. It's a little confusing. I don't understand everything, but I think I know what happened. Then you know, said Finn. Yes, said Captain Caspian. Juliana is trapped on the Shakespeare. I've already put out a beacon. We're going to find the Shakespeare 820, and we're going to settle this once and for all. The mood on the Marlowe was tense. Everyone, not just Finn, not just Captain Caspian, every human had suddenly remembered a whole new history. It was like they had been living a sheltered life, like they had been indoors their entire lives with sunny skies painted on the windows, and now they had stepped outside and seen they were really just in the eye of a storm. As the Marlowe tracked the Shakespeare, Finn, Vale, Elias, and Abigail all sat at lunch, with Foggy standing at the end of the table. I'm mad, said Vale. Yeah, said Foggy. And I'm sad, said Vale. Yeah, said Foggy. You know what? I'm mad sad, said Vale. Yeah, said Foggy. Wait a moment, Vale. Is mad sad a word? It is now, said Vale. I'm mad sad, and if you don't like it, that's too bad. Yeah, said Foggy. Foggy was agreeing with Vale, even though he didn't really know why everyone was so angry. While all the humans had suddenly remembered what happened to Juliana, the robots didn't have malleable brains. Their memories were hardwired in and hadn't received the new information. I believe the word you are looking for, Vale, is melancholic, said Meg, who was standing at the other end of the table. It doesn't matter, said Finn. 
I know what you're saying, Vale. We all do, but you guys, Juliana was my friend. I know it seems like some sort of vague injustice to you guys that makes you mad or sad, but for me, Juliana is real. It would be like if suddenly Abigail disappeared. Well, not just like if Abigail disappeared, said Abigail. I mean, we're best friends, Finn, and you and Juliana hung out for like two hours or something. Oh, do I detect some jealousy, said Vale. I think Abigail is the most mad-sad of us all. Stop saying mad-sad, said Abigail, and she threw a hunk of freeze-dried banana at Vale, who ducked, but in doing so, hit his head on the lunch table. Ow! Guys, stop, said Finn. Abigail, you know you're my best friend. Abigail smiled. I know, Finn. I'm not jealous. I'm not a child. Or, well, I am a child, but I'm not like you children. I'm just worried that we're risking a lot to save someone that we don't really know. Yeah, but I know her, said Finn. Okay, but just hear me out, said Abigail. A, only one of us really knows her. B, she's apparently with the Shakespeare kids right now who don't like us a whole lot. And C, and this is a big one, she is a... Buds! The kids were all quiet for a moment. She's a Buds, people! said Abigail. Am I the only one worried this might all be part of some elaborate trap? No, said Elias. What? said Finn. No, said Elias. You're not the only one. I thought of that too. Finn was shocked. So wait, you're saying she brought me back in time, said Finn. She saved the Marlowe on multiple occasions, sacrificed herself for me and for Elias, and then got us back home to our present time so she could set a trap later? That's crazy. Maybe, said Abigail. Yeah, I guess you're right, said Elias. If this is a trap, I will be so mad sad, said Vale. You guys are ridiculous, said Finn. I gotta go see my mom. Foggy walked with Finn to the captain's bridge. Finn did his best to explain everything to Foggy, what had changed, and why they were now going to face off with the Shakespeare 820 again. Everything is crystal clear now, said Foggy. And don't worry about the other explorers. You guys don't always agree on everything, but you always come together as a team when it matters. I guess, said Finn. I think it wouldn't bother me so much if there wasn't a small part of me that didn't worry they were right. Wait, you think Juliana might be setting a trap? No, said Finn, but the whole thing is so weird, and Bunce has done a lot of weird stuff, so I don't think it's Juliana, but what if it's... I don't know. I just wish I could talk to Juliana somehow. I know she would clear it all up. Finn, you better get to the captain's bridge. It was his mother, on the intercom. Finn and Foggy had actually just arrived at the door to the bridge. Well, that's convenient, said Finn. The door opened and the two friends ran inside. What is it, Mom? said Finn. His mother was sitting in the captain's chair, looking at the huge screen in front of her. That, she pointed at the screen.
Finn saw in front of them the usual dark black carpet of space with tiny pinpricks of white light. The stars scattered across another galaxy, but in the corner, there was a green light. And the more Finn focused on it, the brighter and larger it seemed to get. What is that? said Finn. I believe, said his mother, it's the Shakespeare 820. Finn stared at it. Why was it glowing like that? The green light was like something out of a horror movie, like an eerie aura rising from a swamp. What is it doing? said Finn. I don't know, said his mother. I was hoping you would know. Finn stared at it. The circle of light seemed to be getting bigger and bigger, brighter and brighter. Slow down, Mom, said Finn. Maybe we shouldn't get too close to it. We're not moving at all right now, Finn, said Captain Caspian. Is it approaching us then, said Finn? Yes, said his mother. Because you sent out a beacon? Yes, but you didn't know it would be glowing like that when you sent the beacon, did you? No, said his mother. And honestly, I'm really regretting that I told them exactly where we are. Finn looked back at the light. It had moved more toward the center of the screen and was now the size of a golf ball. Did they say anything when you sent them the beacon, said Finn? Did they respond at all? They've been responding the whole time, said Captain Caspian. Finn looked at his mother. He wondered what she meant. Here, she said. She pressed the communications button. What was that? said Finn. That, said Captain Caspian, was the noise coming from the Shakespeare. Finn felt a cold sweat bead on his forehead. The Shakespeare was now the size of a tennis ball on the screen. It was coming at them, for them, and fast. Are we going to run? said Finn, beginning to feel panicked. Is that what you think we should do? said Captain Caspian. No, said Finn. If Juliana is on there, then I don't want to run. Captain Caspian smiled. That's right. And besides, our rivalry with the Shakespeare 820 notwithstanding, they are humans, earthlings, just like us. If they're in trouble, we need to help them. And if they are the trouble, then we need to stop them. The Shakespeare 820 stopped. It hovered, looming large on the Marlowe screen. Finn felt like he could throw a rock and hit it. It was so close. And it was so weird. It looked a lot like the last time they saw it. Only this time, that green light was streaming out of all of its windows. Shakespeare 820. This is Captain Caspian of the Marlowe 280. Thank you for responding to my beacon. Finn's mom lifted her finger off the communications button. Okay, I'm going to turn on their communications now. Let's see if they have anything to say. Finn looked at his mother. He thought he heard something. Mom, said Finn, it sounds like a... A voice, said Captain Caspian, right? But what is it saying, said Finn. 
Finn heard it before anyone else did. And his heart stopped. All right, I am here with my son and my editor, young Griffin Messenger. Griffin, it's been a while. How you doing? Good. Can you say hi to everybody? I almost forgot your catchphrase after all this time. Are you excited to be back on the mic? Yep. All right, so here we are, Season 7, Episode 1. Very exciting. Stuff is happening. There's a little tension within the group. But the big question, obviously, is what's going on with the Shakespeare? Griff, what do you think is happening with the Shakespeare? Mm, Maybe they're making something? Oh, that's interesting. Like uh, they got something cooking in there. Yeah. Something more like a giant witch's brew or something. A giant witch's brew. So so do you think that it's <laughs> them doing something and not something happening to them? Like, it's not like aliens on the... No, I... Well, there is aliens, because we know, because they were captured aliens. That's true. Yeah. And it's probably them doing something to the aliens. Oh. All right. All right. Well... One thing that we wanted to talk about today is that this season, or at least part of this season, the beginning of it, is based off of a book series that you recommended to me, which is called The Unnaturals by Devin Hughes. Is that right? Yep. Without giving any spoilers for what's going to happen this season, could you give a quick explanation of what The Unnaturals is all about? The Unnaturals is basically, there's a mutant dog named Castor, who was originally a germ... A German Shepherd, just a normal German Shepherd, and basically when he went to, he was captured and turned into an unnatural. And an unnatural is like a... Mutant animal. Alright, that's all we're going to say. Okay. No no spoilers here. Okay. Uh, I, I'm reading the first book right now and I really like it a lot. Yep, I finished both books. <laughs> yeah, you're a quicker reader than I am, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right. Well, so that's what this season is going to be about. Uh, did you like the first episode, Griff? Yeah. All right. Good. Anything else you want to talk about? I'm not sure. No. No? No. Okay. All right. Well, then, Griffin, what time is it? Start time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. We still have a plan to thank all of our artists coming up in a special episode. So let's go straight to the jokes. And up first is our pal Ahana from California with this awesome joke. Hi, my name is Ahana. I am nine years old and I am from California. I have a joke. My joke is why do astronauts never eat after takeoff? Because they have a big launch. (laughs) All right, thank you so much, Ahana. And now it's time for Tommy from Massachusetts. Tommy, take it away. Hi, this is Tommy from Andover, Massachusetts, and I have a joke for you. What do aliens use to keep up their pants? What? Asteroid belts. Bye! (laughs) That's awesome. Thank you so much. All right, thank you to our listeners. Griffin, it's so good to have you back in the recording booth with me. Thank you for joining me again for this season. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. You got a lot to say, I can tell. (laughs) <laughs> All right, with nothing else, what do you want to say? Bye-bye. Bye. All right, bye-bye-bye, everybody.
I am so excited to be back here for season seven with all of you. Thank you guys so much. Really excited with what we have coming up this season. Thank you to Griffin for coming back and giving us a suggestion of unnaturals. If you have a book suggestion, send it on in. Love to hear new books that we could read, Griffin and I can read, and then be inspired by for this show. The Alien Adventures of Fincast is a Gen Z Kids production, written and produced by Jonathan Messenger, editing out of a Griffin Messenger, with special thanks to Maria Villanueva. Emerson Messenger is our intern. The music you hear at the beginning and end of every show is by Mark Greenberg, recently voted the Nexus Human in the Multiverse. Our cover art is by Sir Ian Dingman. And for more information about the show, go to fincastfeed.com. For more awesome podcasts for your family, go to bestrobotever.com. And we will see you next week. All right, we'll bring this trial back to order. Bailiff. Bailiff. Anybody? Hey, parents and teachers. Have you heard about gzmclassroom.com? It's a website where teachers can get companion resources for everyone's favorite GZM shows. Six Minutes, Mars Patel, Podcast Title Pending, Seis Minutos, The Res, Becoming Mother Nature, Iowa Chapman and the Last Dog, Treasure Island 2020, The Hollow, Young Ben Franklin, and The Big Fib all have companion resources for additional critical thinking, listening comprehension, and ultimately creativity. We made them just for you. And oh yeah, they're free. Free! The people on Facebook didn't believe us, but they are F-R-E-E free. Head to gzmclassroom.com and get yours today.